0: Podcasting from Hartford. You're listening to the Connecticut Scoreboard Podcast, your place for all things Connecticut sports. And here is your host, Jared Cutler. All right. So college basketball season right around the corner. We're going around talking to the coaches in the state. So joining me today is, is Coach Sellers at Central. Coach, welcome back to the podcast. Thanks
1: for having me. I appreciate it.
0: So I want to start looking, looking back at, at last year, your your first year as a head coach, first year at, at Central. What was it like, uh, Justin, to becoming a head coach for the first time, and how did that first year go for you?
1: Yeah, you know, it was it was a learning experience. Obviously, we had we started off with seven freshmen, we had one newcomer, so like eight new guys to college basketball, Um, and so and then I was it was my first time coaching, so everything was it was new. Everything was new, you know, the the travel, you know, and 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 as an assistant, you know, you do. I was doing it for twenty two years in an assistant you know, you kind of sit back and you make your suggestions and you kind of keep moving. Now as a head coach, you're the final say. So they're coming and looking at me. What time, are we, what time are we leaving? What time is the meal? So all of that stuff was brand new to me. And then once we get on the court, the basketball is the basketball. You know, the guys on our staff, Ben Wood, you know, veteran guy, experienced guy, has been around for a long time. He's been, he's been great. Um, Lenny Jefferson, now was on staff, and he played here. So having those guys, Lamar Chapman, they were really, really good for us as a, as a team and as a program. So that I helped out a lot, but yeah, everything was new. So we had to learn on the fly.
0: Speaking of learning on the fly, what would you say was your biggest lesson that you, you took away from your first year to apply, you know, to year two here?
1: Um, The biggest lesson, you know, I'm I, I, we, 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 I mean, there was so many different things that we had to get better at. Um, one thing was, you know, we had our early practice a six a.m., six thirty a.m. practice slot every day. So getting these guys and obviously we 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 were no nonsense. If you're not here on time, you're running, yeah. all that stuff. So we didn't have any issues with guys being on time. Just I thought sometimes we would go really hard in the mornings and they would be so gassed and they would have the they would struggle through the day. So we didn't have that energy that we needed, I thought a lot of times later on in the daytime. Mm-hmm. So just managing me as a coach managing their bodies and the other thing i i kind of compare it to like uh i'm a big orange theory fan okay when you have a good coach in orange theory you know the workout's really good you're excited it keeps you engaged the whole time and if you keep doing the same thing over it gets gets monotonous so trying to get away from the monotony and not do the same thing and practice and you guys get so bored with it so coming up with new ideas i would Reach out to some coaching friends, reach out to NBA guys, or some GMs, or whatever, just to get different ideas to kind of mix up practice. So as we went along during the year, that got a lot better too. So those are some of the things I had to improve on, and we've taken that from last year and we've made a big improvement. So we kind of we kind of sweeten up practice every day, so it's a lot of zip and energy and it's new and they're excited about it.
0: I like it. It's uh, interesting. You see how how switching things up there, it, it all makes sense. So. Great to see that going in there. In terms of your team last year, you win eight games. Uh, you win a game in the NEC tournament. How big was that for your team to just start building some momentum for a team that that's in a rebuilding process that had struggled in the previous few years before you took over?
1: Yeah, you know, being in a, a conference tournament game for the first time in a while was really, really exciting for the guys. Just, hey, man, we, we have a chance. We can win a game. Let's get to the next game, try and win another one. And so that gave us a lot of juice and energy. And these guys were really, they jumped on it. And then we, you know, we, we only won two games in a row once last year. And those two, that two-game winning streak, the guys had so much juice with it. And I'm like, fellas, let's take it to three. Let's take it to four. So, you know, those little, you know, baby steps, on, so to speak, it was what we were doing last year. So that, that conference tournament, playing in the conference tournament with a little conference pressure, and then the way we won it, you know, we were in the game, but it was back and forth, and they had to lead most of the game, and we kind of won it down the down the stretch. Um, I thought it was a real important step for us, uh, for our veteran guys, who, who the guys who were freshmen last year. Now they can take that and build on it. So you know, when we get to that part next year, this this coming season, we'll have something to go fall back on.
0: What do you think is the key to going from that stretch you said where you won? You know two games in a row to try to push that to three, four, what do you think is the biggest key to starting to build those winning streaks? Cause it's inter- It's an interesting concept to me because I was just talking about it with one of the players on the Yukon football team and how they're rebuilding. They just want a big game and trying to, you know, parlay that into multiple wins here. So how are you as a head coach looking to keep that momentum going and build those winning streaks for your team?
1: You know, I'm so I went to school in the central Connecticut. I tell these guys all the time. I said, fellas, I want you guys to enjoy college. Go out, have a good time. You got to understand your bodies. You got to understand your mind. You yeah. got to understand what you have to do. So, you got to be locked in. So, every day is a new day. So, we win that game and you go out and have a good time, whatever. Now, it's, that, that slate's clean. We got another game coming up. So, we got to prepare like it's day one, ground zero, starting all over again to build for that second win. And so, it may be, you know, in our league, we got so many different styles we have to guard against and play against. So it may be, you might be guarding ball screens a different uh, way this next game. So you have to have the maturity, the understanding to take that win, put it behind us, and let's concentrate on the next opponent. And, you know, again, that comes with maturity. Uh, You can tell, you can say that to your blue in the face, a a lot of young guys, and they're so excited about this one game and Mm they kind of relax or whatever. So, when you get those veteran guys they know it's they, like freshmen come in they don't know how long the season is they think oh, hey 31 32 games whatever it's a big deal <laughs> it's a long season yeah and uh they have to get prepared for it so the maturity part of it just being in it for a year is really gonna take us to that next level where we can uh put two and three and four games uh wins together
0: take us through the roster a little bit I know it's early here still in the in the preseason but give us some early thoughts on on the team and the guys you've got on the on the roster this year
1: well with us we you know we start with our point guard Nigel scanvar Nigel had a really good year for us last year 13 points a game he's a vocal leader he's a high energy guy you know when I was a player I was really high energy I could run around all day and just be a lot of real energetic and <laughs> Nigel's like that Nigel's a way better player than me but he's really high energy. And so what we've been trying to get Nigel to do is get that energy throughout the whole team. And uh, he's done a good job in this in the summertime, in the preseason, and now in, in practice, uh, getting guys going with the energy level. So you know, we're relying on Nigel a lot to be that leader. And then our next guy, our next leader, is Andre Snoddy. Andre was a freshman last year. He got rookie of the week six times. I thought he probably did a rookie of the year. He had a really good year, a really good spring. So once the season was over, and these guys got a couple weeks to kind of relax and kind of reflect on the season, Andre came back determined to be a better outside shooter. So he's worked on his shot relentlessly. And he's he's another guy who's understanding what it takes now after one year of college basketball. So his voice, his energy, all of that has been really good for us in the practice setting so far. Um, you go to him from him to Jaden Brown. Jaden Brown got rookie of the week twice last year. He's another guy who uh, understands how to play. But again, he he j v was going really well, and then he got COVID right before right after Christmas, mm-hmm. and it took him a while to get back to where he was. So hopefully, J V can give us that that uh, that that pre COVID uh, feeling he had during the year because he played really well for us in a stretch. Uh you go from there. <coughs> excuse me. We have uh two newcomers, Jay Rogers, who's from Columbus, Ohio, junior college transfer. Jay's another guy, older guy, 21 years old, was a JUCO all-American. Um, I coached his dad in China. His dad mm-hmm. was an NBA level guy. Dad's a good guy, good friend of mine, or whatever. And Jay has that same score mentality that his dad had. I don't know if he shoots as well as his dad, his dad can really <laughs> shoot it. But uh, he, he's he's a good guy. He he's a big, strong power guard. He can place on the ball or off the ball. He gives us you know a lot of zip, a lot of energy. So we're excited about Jay. And then Kellen Amos, uh, the transfer from Binghamton. So Kellen, if you go look at his numbers last year, average seven points a game and fourteen minutes for Binghamton. So he put up good numbers in the short minutes. Yeah. His biggest thing is bringing it every single day and so like i kind of got i got the nigel said nigel kellen is your project you better give him <laughs> that that nigel it's, energy so nigel's really taking that to it's task and he's been on kellen and we've been on him trying to get him to get that energy up every day and uh from you know day one of summer until now he has really really gotten better with like skill-wise talent-wise he's you know as one of the yeah. most talented guys on the team Just as far as bringing that approach every day, he's starting to figure it out. So he's been really good for us. So we're excited about him. And then Joe Ostrowski is another guy played a backup point guard for us last year. If you go back and look at our analytics, Joe is one of our biggest plus minus guys. He's on the court. He just makes good decisions. He can make a tough shot. He sticks his nose in on offensive rebounds. He gets long rebounds. He's on the floor. He's hustling. Um, Joe is one of the guys we needed to be more vocal. Uh, he has a really good IQ. And I said, Joe, you know what we're doing? You know, what we're trying to accomplish. You need to talk it out more to the guys. You need to let these guys know yeah. what's going on on the court more. So, uh, Joe, you know, we're going to count on Joe a lot. He had, he's had a good preseason. Um, he had a really good summer, good preseason. He's gotten a lot better. So we're excited about him. And then you go from there. We got Brody Limerick transferred from Quinnipiac. And I saw Brody in high school, he's a Connecticut kid. Um, I'm really good friends with his high school coach. Uh, and I liked him a lot. He ended up going to Quinnipiac, red shirted last year. So he has not played a minute of college basketball. So he's almost like he's a freshman. Again. Yeah. But he's a really he's 6'9", he's really, really athletic. He's probably, as far as athleticism goes, among of our best, better athletes uh, could really jump, protect the rim. He can step out and make shots, make threes. He he finishes inside either hand. So, uh, and again, a lot of it, you know, being in college for a year, even though he didn't play, he was well coached. He knows what's going on. So he's bringing it every day. Uh, And one of of our other guys who is almost like a freshman, he was here all last year. He played a handful of games, Abdul Momo. Mm -hmm. And Ab hurt his ankle in our first scrimmage last year so he was in and out of the lineup and ended up being a red shirt year for him he's gotten so much but he's gotten a really like when walking walking into the building as a freshman he's six seven, 240 great body and uh he's gotten a really really good shape uh the summer and the preseasons have been really good because we watched a lot of individual film with him mm-hmm. he understands like if the way he's been playing defense the last couple of weeks, he's starting to pick it up and understand what we're trying to do on the defensive end. Offensively, he's running. He's, uh, he's a big body. He's strong. He's rebounding. So those guys have been really good. Uh, all all of them, the, 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 the energy and the effort that we've had in the preseason has been really good. It's been really positive. Everybody's excited about it. So, you know, those are more, most of our guys that we're going to count on this year.
0: I'm curious, because you talk about some of those younger guys uh, who were freshmen last year. I feel like, just as a fan of college basketball, you see a huge jump from these guys going from freshman year to becoming a sophomore. Is that what you're seeing with these guys and them really taking that jump and taking their game to the next level this season?
1: Yeah, so after our uh, after the season was over, after we lost to Bryant in the conference tournament, we sat down and we had a team meeting. And, I, and this was just the whole group. And I said, fellas. I was like, you guys don't even realize this right now, especially the young guys, but you played one whole full season in our system. You're going to walk in the next month and in practice. You're going to know our terminology. It's going to be second nature. You're going to know what we're all about. You don't have to think. You can just play basketball. You know what we're all about. You know what we're doing. Yeah. So that jump from the freshman year to sophomore year is always the biggest. But on to, to piggyback on that, you know we like nigel those guys they, they it was new for those guys too it was a whole yeah, new Yeah that's a good point. and they kind of like we we uh we walked into the summertime and these guys i could say something and they knew exactly what we we're doing they knew what what where they had to go on the court they knew what we do they knew the drills they knew our plays they knew everything so it's really uh it's really good to have a core group of guys who understand. So these core group of guys can now teach the newcomers what's going on. Yeah. And so uh TJ Holloway has, you know, 10 guys who were in the system who know what's going on. So they can tell TJ where to go, where to be, how to be there. And it's really, really helped him his uh maturity and helped him grow faster. I used the word last year, expedite. Mm-hmm. I said we need to expedite the process that we're going to be good right away, and so these guys have really uh, taken that to a, a another level. Now we we picked it up pretty fast.
0: How are you feeling about the conference heading into this year? Because I know it's going to be a little bit different. No more Bryant. You've got Stonehill coming in. What are your thoughts on the the NEC heading into this season?
1: You know NEC. I, I was just saying earlier. It's you know I tell our guys all the time. I say, fellas, I said last year. You know you coming into the NEC. You had Bryant and Wagner as the top two teams. Almost yeah. everybody had those two teams as the top two teams this year. So far, you're looking around, you see Marion Mack at the top, Sacred Heart at the top, St. Francis, PA, St. Francis Brooklyn. So I don't think there's a clear cut favorite, which is exciting. Yeah, uh, it's kind of just an open league. anybody Anybody can win it. We've have you know probably you know uh, C- Coach Gallo at Marion Mack. Uh, Coach Janice and the FAU are really accomplished, really good coaches, uh, good programs from the Division II. Uh, Coach Gallows won a a conference championship already in the NEC, so these guys know what it takes to win. Uh, You know, Anthony Latina has been in the league Mm -hmm. forever. He's been here, I think, 10 years now. Um, So, you know, we have some really, really good coaches, really good teams, but I think it's it's pretty open for grabs, up for grabs. So – you know, it gives everybody a little more juice. Our guys read about it, they know about it. So, and I'm sure the other teams are saying the same thing, fellas yeah. Anybody can win it. And I think I'm I think I'm right in saying this, you know, out of the nine coaches in the league, there's no coach in this league that's taken a division one team to the NCAA tournament. Now we've had I think Coach Gallo and Coach Anderson have taken a division two team. Yeah. But uh there's nobody that's taken a division one team, so it'll be the first. NCAA tournament for some coach and some team this year coming up. Yeah, why not Central, right? Why not Central Connecticut? There you go.
0: <laughs> what are you hoping to get out of your non-conference schedule with your team this year? Because I know you, you play a really tough non-conference. You're, you're going to UMass, St. John's, Rutgers, uh, UMBC, who's a perennial, mid-major, uh, a, yeah. a really good team, You St. Joe's, Fordham. You've got a, a tough schedule. So what are you hoping to get out of your team, out of those games before you head into NEC play?
1: Yeah, you know, so one of the things is, and we say this all the time to our guys, we want to be able to play different ways, especially in this league. You know, FDU is going to press a lot. We're going to have to handle pressure. Merrimack's going to play a zone. Uh, Sacred Heart's going to push it up, and there's going to be a lot of offense in that game. So you're going to have to play a lot of different styles. When you play a non-conference, you want to prepare your team to play different styles. So obviously you're playing the Rutgers and the St. Johns of the world or the UMass, those guys are going to be big. So we've been working on playing a bigger lineup, a four-and-a-five mm-hmm. that's like a bigger lineup. And then we're going to play some, you know, Mains and some West Point or whatever, Dartmouth. You're going to probably have to play a perimeter four-man or a smaller lineup. So playing big, playing small, playing against pressure, St. John's is going to pressure you the whole game. Um, playing against different styles in the, in the non-conference, I think it's going to prepare us for our conference. We got a lot of good coaches in this league, a lot of different styles. And so the non-conference prepares us for our conference schedule.
0: Yeah, I think it's uh, it's an exciting schedule, too. So I think it'll be a fun one for fans to follow. I want to pick your brain a little bit just on one of the big topics in college basketball right now, which is the, the transfer portal. And I think this is the first year we really saw it take off where we saw a lot of movement between players and different teams this year. How do you feel that the transfer portal is impacting basketball, especially at a level like the NEC? I I know there've been comparisons where people are saying some of the mid-majors now become almost like, you know, farm systems to, you know, players go there for a couple of years, then transfer up. How do you see the transfer portal and its impact on a school like Central?
1: Yeah, you know, our league, and you can talk to all the coaches in our league, and we kind of, that's one thing, we know who we are. Yeah. And We're you know, in our league, we're a division one league. Um, we 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 got really good coaches, guys are getting some real good basketball in this league, they're getting some exposure. We don't have the the big time NILs and um, you know, we don't have like what you're gonna guys are making, you know, two hundred thousand dollars or anything like that in our league. Yeah, but we have good coaching. What and usually what's gonna happen is a team that's really successful. With a couple really good players on our team more than likely the way the the way the game is going now they're going to end up putting a name in the portal and um moving on to another level moving on to another school moving to another league me personally central connecticut we don't want we want to keep our guys here we want to keep a, a continuity and a foundation and our culture together but we're also being realistic like it could happen yeah so with that being said and I said this all summer we have to manage our team for 22, 23. And then we have to, at the end of the season, NCAA tournament, or you know, you're you playing on, you're playing a playing game, you go, you're know, playing NCAA tournament game, whatever you do. When that season's over, you're going to have to see where everything goes yeah. in. So you have your exit meetings with your players. Obviously, you, you know, we have a, a foundation and a culture that you want to keep together and that's what I, that was my com- my conversation with the team last year if we stay together just by staying together it's going to keep we're going to put us right up on the top of the league because we have so much so You know, much guys movement, yeah yeah and and you know you have a number of guys putting in a portal and that's happened in all throughout our league so with that being said you have to be prepared for that and then we can use the portal to our advantage too so if there's somebody that can help us we can look at the portal and make some decisions on guys that come in and replace guys the one thing that we we've done at central connecticut is we we i think we do a good pretty good job of vetting the guys that we're bringing in and yeah. we want to make sure that we got good guys that are fit in the culture that want to be here that uh you know I, i'm a big unselfish guy we want unselfish guys who share the basketball and so uh, that's what we look for in the recruiting process, out of the portal and high school. So it, it works both ways. You get a good player, and you're probably going to lose yeah. some good players.
0: Yeah, I'll I'll wrap with this one for you here. What's your message to the the central fan base here, who I know is excited to get back out, uh, get to games, and, and see this program continue as uh, building building this program back to you know the heights that it, it had been at.
1: Yeah, your message, you know, we support. Please come out and support these guys. Please come to the games as much as you can. Um, you know, I will say there's one thing. When you got a packed house in there, the energy from the, the fans just gives you that much more juice. And if we can get our crowd back. I remember when I was here as an assistant. And the, the four years I was here, I, I'm saying every night it was twenty five hundred plus. You know, a lot of times sold out on the yeah. weekends with our fans, and that energy, would this gave our guys much more a juice on the defensive end. We ran hard on offense. We rebounded. So if our fans could really give us that extra boost, we'd be excited. We'd love to have those guys. Tomorrow we have our, our open practice. So we have an open practice tomorrow and we have, we have this homecoming weekend this weekend. So we have a lot. Hopefully we have some fans here tomorrow morning just to get a kind of preliminary look at our guys or whatever and see what the team is. We're going to have some refs. So it should be a fun little environment so these guys can get a look at the new guys and see yeah. how much the older guys uh, progress. So, yeah, we we just want the support from the fans. The more the much the more support we can get, the better off we're going to be.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And I know, especially at a gym like yours when you could pack the people in there, it really yeah. gets gets to be allowed in, in a really fun oh, environment.
1: Yeah, you know, with the homecoming, there's a lot of um alumni, alums on campus that haven't been here in a while. So they're walking in the gym and now we have a nice skybox in the background. Yeah. And uh they're like, oh man, this is <laughs> I said this is a nice environment. We just need to get a lot of people in here. So we can, you guys can cheer these guys on and we can get get off to a great start. It'll be so much fun.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Well, well Coach, as always, I, I appreciate it, and I wish you and your team best of luck this season. I'm sure we'll be talking again throughout the season.
1: Jared, thank you very much for having me. I appreciate it.
0: Absolutely, anytime. Thanks for listening to the Connecticut Scoreboard Podcast with Jared Kotler. If you like the show and want to know more, check out the podcast on Twitter at CT Scoreboard Pod the host, at Jared Kotler, and find us on Facebook at the Connecticut Scoreboard Podcast. Finally, if you enjoy what you're listening to, rate and review us on iTunes. Thanks again for listening.